This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. We got a lot to get to today. Hope everyone's enjoying themselves, getting ready for the weekend. Can't wait for the weekend as always. Going to be joined by Mark Craig here in a little bit to go through our NFL picks for the weekend. Big divisional round with four games in the NFL this weekend. A big... uh, Big news for Minnesota United getting Emmanuel Reynoso back at training as they kind of get ready for the 2022 season. We'll talk about that a little bit. A blowout historic loss for the Gophers women's basketball team. Got to get to that because we've talked women's basketball a couple times this week. Kent Youngblood was on a couple days ago to kind of talk about where this season sits, how they've been close in a lot of games. Well, they were not close against Iowa, got more than doubled up, lost by more than 50 points in that loss on Thursday. And Twins Hall of Fame announced three interesting names. Let's get into that a little bit. But first, what did I miss? Going to get into um, a reader uh, reader question, a listener question right off the bat here. Um, emailer Brian says, you talk a lot about a Kirk Cousins trade. That is fair. I do says, do you really think the Vikings will be able to trade him? Who would even want him? Question mark. Thanks and keep up the good work. Thank you, Brian, for the kind words and the question. And I'm glad Brian asked that question because for as much as I've talked about my preference for a Kirk Cousins trade this offseason, for much as we've you know talked about the big decision looming for a potential general manager and head coach, I've not done in one place a dedicated list of teams that might actually be interested in acquiring Kirk Cousins this offseason. So that question focused me in. So here are five, the five teams I think are most likely as a destination for Kirk Cousins for various reasons. And, you know, a lot of this isn't really a mystery, but I kind of went into this thinking who has a quarterback need, who has cap space, and who is close enough to winning in 2022 that adding a high price veteran quarterback could be a difference maker so here is my list perhaps in particular order I'm going to say this is my order reverse order five to one okay number five the Miami Dolphins now Miami had a decent year looked like they were in playoff contention but they probably were a quarterback away now a lot of what happens this offseason in Miami does depend on you know who they hire as their new head coach and what they think of young quarterback Tua Tagovailoa Um, is he their future is he not and you know Deshaun Watson if he is ever traded from Houston Miami has long been rumored as a likely destination for that but what if Watson isn't traded what if Houston decides to keep him what if his legal problems keep him from being moved Kirk Cousins could be an attractive option in Miami now, Miami had the 10th best defensive DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, but they were just number 24 in offense last season. Um, you know, they probably the, the offense was the thing that kept them out of the playoffs, even though they were 9-8 and eight a year ago. Could that be a destination for Kirk Cousins? Another attractive thing about Miami, they have the most cap space in 2022 in the entire NFL projected to have 67 million dollars in their top 51 so that could be a spot for him if you know big caveat if the Deshaun Watson thing doesn't happen or if they decide that uh, that Tua is not their quarterback of the future number four Carolina Panthers Um, maybe not an 
obvious destination, not a ton of cap space. They have about $20 million to play with, but some things they can do to get more room. You know, and if the Vikings were to trade Kirk Cousins, they could take on some more of, you know, he's got that $45 million cap hit. $35 million would go out to the trading team. $10 million stays with the Vikings, but you can play with those numbers. You can add more of that money to the Vikings, which might entice a team like the Panthers to make a deal for him. Like Miami, the Panthers were a good team that was quarterback poor last season, undone a lot by their offense. You know, their defense was pretty decent. Uh, they had the 15th best defense, 31st in offense, though. Uh, went 5-12 and on the season after a 3-0 and start. And they watched Kirk Cousins have one of the best games of the season against them in that Vikings overtime win in Carolina. So that could be one to watch as well. Number three, Cleveland Browns. That one makes tons of sense unless you think Baker Mayfield is their quarterback of the future. If you're convinced that that non-throwing shoulder injury this year was the reason he struggled, I'm not convinced of that. Um, I'm pretty convinced that Cleveland thinks they need an upgrade at quarterback, and Kirk Cousins could be a natural fit. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach in Cleveland, was you know the offensive coordinator for the Vikings at the end of 2018 and all of 2019 when Cousins played pretty well. He is, you know, he's seen what Cousins can do. Um, Cleveland has a decent amount of cap space, $28 million, enough that they could maybe play with the numbers and get Kirk Cousins over there and kind of, you know, really take advantage of this three- to four-year window where they're going to be probably pretty good. They have a pretty good defense. Again, like some of these other teams, better on defense than they were on offense, had the number 11 defensive DVOA last season, just 14th on offense, 13th overall. You make that offense a top 10, uh, all of a sudden you're talking about probably getting back to the playoffs again like they were in 2020. So that is one to watch as well, a team that could be interested in Kirk Cousins. Uh, Number two on my list, Denver Broncos. Um, That's a big one for sure. That's one we're going to be watching. Now the big caveat there is, if Aaron Rodgers changes teams this offseason, which, you know, who knows what's going to happen this offseason with Aaron Rodgers, but Denver has always been listed as a destination for him. But, you know, any if he doesn't get moved, if, you know, Deshaun Watson stays put, Kirk Cousins could be the most attractive, potentially available quarterback out there. And, you know, Denver, plenty of cap room, almost $45 million, needs to solve their quarterback problem again. You know, another team that had a better defense at times last year than offense, but, you know, they were trending towards being a playoff team before uh, before Teddy Bridgewater was hurt. So a good quarterback, a healthy quarterback, a durable quarterback like Kirk Cousins could make Denver a playoff team and perhaps a playoff contender for the next few years. Number one on my list, a team that I like more and more as I think about it, the Pittsburgh Steelers somehow got into the playoffs this season despite a very poor offensive showing. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's final year there, he was, you know, not uh, not the same quarterback he has been throughout his career, but the defense was still really good. Probably the reason they got to the playoffs was the defense. They were 14th in DVOA, 25th in offensive DVOA. They've got some cap space, not a ton of it, but they've got a decent amount of cap space to play with. Um, And that could be a team, you know, as they're looking to bridge the gap from the past to the future, Kirk Cousins could be a nice bridge quarterback that's already a playoff team. Could he make them even better in 2022? So long story short, Brian, those are the five teams I think were most likely to be 
interested in a Kirk Cousins trade. I also jotted down possibly the Eagles, although they're in a tough cap situation. I wrote down the Falcons. Same problem there, though, with some cap space issues and Matt Ryan counting a lot on their cap. Um, Colts would be a really great spot if not for Carson Wentz's contract. That Maybe a year from now, that would be a good destination, but that's not going to be the case in terms of who uh, you know how they're looking at the Jets would be a wild card although I assume they are still committed to building around uh, their young quarterback Zach Wilson but they have a lot of cap room and they had pursued Kirk Cousins heavily a year ago I'm sorry in 2018 when he was available in free agency so some other teams to watch but I think those five that I listed are the ones you want to watch most closely as we think about a possible Kirk Cousins trade. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Happy to have Mark Craig on Daily Delivery. We do this pretty much every Friday during the NFL season. Picks time and a little Vikings talk at the end as well. Mark covers the NFL and the Vikings for the Star Tribune. We're down to eight teams, Mark. A pretty interesting final eight. I don't think there's a bad game on the slate this weekend, and there probably shouldn't be at this time of year when you've made it this far. But, you know, maybe maybe I'll let you dictate a little bit of how we go here. What do you think is what's the best game of the four in this divisional round in your in your mind? Man, it's hard it's hard to pick. I mean, you know. I love the you know Rams Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are gonna the Buccaneers are gonna be at full strength, which I think favors the Rams. Um, but I, I like the I like Bills Chiefs. Uh, I like the I like the one that ends it on Sunday night. Uh, you know, it just feels like the Bills. You know, this is their turn to to overcome the Chiefs. And um, after you know, they kind of redid their pass rush. You know, f- kind of for this game, for this matchup, for this postseason matchup. They beat them in the regular season in Kansas City. Kansas City's not going to go down without a fight. I, I think that's going to be a high-scoring, fun game to watch. Maybe we can start with that one and talk about that a little bit more. High-scoring certainly feels like that will be the flavor. You know, Kansas City, like you said, you know, been to two straight Super Bowls, won one of them. They kind of retooled their defense a little bit this year, and that has been more of a strength in some of the games this season but buffalo you know looked about as good as you can look for at least the the early part of that game last week against new england and you know if you're gonna if you're gonna chart a path through the postseason and earn it uh beating new england then kansas city then whoever else comes out of that game uh, between tennessee and cincinnati would uh would be pretty impressive i guess the only question with buffalo is the consistency and can they keep doing what they did last weekend is that team the team that will show up against against Kansas City yeah like I was you know we were looking at all these assistant coaches that are the hot head coaching candidates and I said that you know there there aren't any perfect games in the NFL but I think Brian Dable came as close as you can come to pitching a perfect game seven it had eight drives eight possessions seven touchdowns and then you send Mitch Trubisky out to kneel down so doesn't get any any more against Belichick's number two ranked scoring defense. Uh, like you said, it's a matter of consistency. Can they do it? They scored 38 points against uh, uh, the Chiefs you know, on that first meeting. So, um, you know, I think Buffalo has been a little bit more consistent toward the end of the year here. I know they were kind of up and down, up and down. But uh, that defense, you know, Leslie Frazier, I know he doesn't get enough credit for it. Or 
uh, with it with Sean McDermott being a defensive guy, but you know, Leslie Frazier's you know calls the defense. He's heavily involved. He's defensive coordinator. He's not, you know, like I don't think he works for um, you know a, a Mike Zimmer. He's that's his fingers are on that defense. So I really like what they're doing. Um, but you know, it's going to be hard to knock off the Chiefs in Kansas City in this situation. Yes, it will. I do. I agree with you. That's probably the best one of the weekend. If you keep it in the AFC, as long as we're over there right now, I mean, Bengals and Titans is pretty interesting. Bengals maybe feel a year ahead of schedule. Joe Burrow, you know, we didn't learn as much about him last year as we might have liked to because of his injury. But man, he's he's been awfully good this season. They seem like they're set up pretty well for the future and 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 the present, as it turns out. Yeah, I mean, last week, part of the reason I picked the Raiders was I thought that, you know, the, the Bengals did, felt like they would be a year away. But that, that that atmosphere, you talk about a difference between last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs. What you saw in Cincinnati with that excitement, you know, them winning for the first time, a playoff game for the first time in 31 years. Um, you know, I have, I, I'm picking Tennessee just because, you know, you, you get that by, you got the rest. Not only do they have the rest, but they have Derrick Henry coming back. And if you put Derrick Henry on the field and uh, they're not going to put him on the field if he's not ready. So assuming he's ready, him with you know, all with being completely rested, I, I don't anticipate him being rusty. I anticipate him being a load. Uh, Cincinnati lost their defensive tackle to a foot injury. He's one of their best players. Um, you know, I, I like Tennessee just because they're at home. They got the rest. Uh, but Cincinnati can score points. Uh, and uh, they can also score points when the referee blows the whistle and the defensive back stops, uh, which hurt my pick last week. Uh, uh, so did the, the, the uh, kick returners stepping out of bounds at the two-yard line. Um, and Derek Carr pulling, acting like Kirk Cousins and holding the ball forever, that, that didn't help either. Other than that, it was a good pick. Derek Carr is kind of Kirk Cousins' light. If you look at uh, a lot of the even the advanced numbers, the similarity scores, he's very much a Kirk Cousins type in a lot of different ways. So that's going to be an interesting decision for the Raiders in the offseason to, uh, to make on what his future is. Do they feel good about him as their franchise quarterback, or do they have to, uh, to think about a different route? Um, yeah, I, I don't think either outcome would surprise me in this, in this game with, with, with the Titans. The Titans are just an interesting team that seem like they are kind of built for traditional postseason but you know if you're talking about just pure arm talent joe burrow's got a chance to to pull an upset here i would think yeah i mean i, I pick uh, the titans to win by three um but if, you know what, what's fascinating to me about the titans is when when, when derrick henry went down the assumption was that was it you know um he was the guy that we thought protected ryan Tannehill. um but they went on it they they were six and three without him um without derrick henry so um, the defense, you know, Mike Vrabel, um, you know, I got one of the 50 votes and I, <clears throat> for most of the year, Bill Belichick was my, was my pick for coach of the year, but I, I just don't know how you couldn't pick Mike Vrabel with all the injuries that they had. They lost their best player. They had more injuries than any team in the league and they still got the number one seed. So, um, you know, Vrabel is, is a heck of a coach and, um, you know, do they have, of all the quarterbacks in here, you know, Garoppolo and Tannehill are the guys that, uh, you know, aren't, wouldn't say carrying their teams. Um, but, you know, they, Tennessee is inconsistent, but 
I do think that they win this game. It's a good point on the quarterbacks. I'm going to circle back on that once we're done with all of the picks. Let's move over to the NFC. Obviously, Packers draw a lot of interest here, both from Packers fans living in Minnesota and Vikings fans hoping annually that the Packers lose in the playoffs in some sort of painful fashion. Um, losing to the 49ers um, as the one seed would certainly qualify as that. I, 49ers have a little bit of a feel of that team you don't want to play. Um, that said, the health of Jimmy Garoppolo, the effectiveness of Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Aaron Rodgers factor probably make this a Green Bay win, even if I l- like some of what San Francisco poses in terms of matchup problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I, number six seeds, uh, when, if you look at back going back 2017, the, the six seeds are amazing in the wild card round, but they run out of steam that divisional round. The Vikings were a classic case. They go down to New Orleans in, in 2017. 2019. They, was, I'm sorry, 2019, they go down to New Orleans, they win that game, and then they completely are out of steam. They get destroyed at San Francisco. So going back to that year, you know, number six seeds are seven and one in wild card games, but the seven that survive are one and six the next week. Uh, I'm not saying that the 49ers can't win this game. I like the Packers because one, Aaron Rodgers is going to be, it's, a, you know, in a couple of weeks, he'll be named a, a four-time MVP. Um, they're healthier. They're, uh, Bakhtiari is going to, I think, play for the first time this year. So they're rested. They're healthy. They got Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers, you know, are, uh, I think they've played, this will be their third straight road game. They've played six of the last eight games on the road. Um, I feel like they hit the wall, but they do have a game that travels. Uh, if they can run the ball, it's, if Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell are running the ball, they, it'll be hard. But if they can slow down that run and make Garoppolo beat them, then, uh, you know, that, that's not going to happen. Lambeau in late January, I believe it's a night game as well. That should be pretty chilly yes yeah these are these night games that they keep putting i mean come on it's <laughs> i'm a fan in green bay i'd be like put a dome on this place i you know i, I used to be a, you know, gotta play outside on grass but if i was a fan i'd say let, quit quit making us go sit in the, in the stands at, uh, in january at uh, in december at night rams buccaneers is the last one we will talk about that's a pretty good game too. It seems like um, you pick the Rams, and I, I can see that certainly happening. Hard to pick against Tom Brady, but this is, again, kind of a, a matchup thing, as you wrote about uh, in, in your picks that, that I agree with. You know, if you got a team that gets that pressure up the middle against Tom Brady, you can make him, you know, as uncomfortable as Tom Brady can get. Yeah, I mean, when the centers, you know, I don't know if they're going to play or not, but for the center and the right tackle both hurt. Um, even if they play, you got to feel that they're not going to be hundred percent. And if you're, if you're anywhere near Aaron Donald, you're not hundred percent. Even when you're hundred percent, this guy is going to get pressure. Um, the Rams have beaten the, the Brady bucks are two and O with Brady uh, in Tampa Bay. Um, now it would be fitting if, as I picked against the Rams on Monday night, it took about four seconds to find out that, uh, that my Cardinals pick was a bad pick last week. So now I'm picking the Rams, but it has more to do with, you know, just, you know, Brady has overcome, he, he has willed that team to victory with, you know, injuries at receiver, running back. The defense is not full speed. Um, but when you start putting that offensive line, when they start having holes in that, um, 
it's hard to overcome. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why he was in in that game at the end last week with uh, with that line be beat up, and and he took a sack with a couple of minutes left or whatever it was when it was a blowout. Um, you know, to me, it's absolutely Brady could win this game, could do you know, could prove us wrong as he always does. Um, but I just like the Rams in this game because of that that ability to not only the you got the interior rush, but now you add Von Miller to the outside. Um, they're on a roll and uh, Tampa Bay might not have enough horses up front to hold them off. Now, of course, one of the big off season moves for the Rams and across the NFL was their addition of Matthew Stafford and that Jared Goff trade. Um, you know, I think opinions of, of Stafford vary, but nobody would, uh, nobody would disagree that he was certainly an upgrade over Goff. And when you look at, the eight teams remaining, you identified Tannehill and, and Garoppolo as the guys that maybe aren't necessarily carrying their teams with, with the past game. You know, the Rams have some balance to them, but you talk about Stafford, you talk about Brady, you talk about Rodgers, you know, guys who have, you know, and guys and, and Patrick Mahomes, obviously guys who are, you know, into the, into the big money part of their careers, you know, on, you know, not Stafford, but the other three certainly on, Hall of Fame trajectories. Then you talk about a guy like Josh Allen and talk about a guy like Joe Burrow who have proven themselves early in their careers, but are still on those, you know, relatively lower cost rookie deals. And even Tannehill's cap number is only like $11 million this season. So, you know, letting Tennessee build around him, it seems like the, you know, what we've known about building a roster in the NFL is, is playing out again in this postseason where you either want a good young quarterback or a great veteran quarterback to, uh, to lead you. And, you know, if you have something in the middle ground, that's uh, that's not necessarily going to get it done, which, you know, again, brings you to the Vikings and, and, you know, whatever they just, whoever they decide to hire here in this GM role, I think as Chip Scoggins wrote about in, you know, Thursday's paper and on start the first question you got to ask and answer is what are you going to do about quarterback? And these playoffs are kind of showing, again kind of what the model is right yeah and it's gotta be a to me it's, we've had a couple of these now in a row where they got the older guys and you got the you know, these young younger guys that are you know, superstars in the making or like you know uh 20 uh Holmes is 26 but he's already a superstar to me it's like it's one of those where you'd love to see like you just get a you should say in the old days turn the vcr on and, and then look at it 15 years from now and you see the you know, of course, Brady might still be playing, but you'd have the you know the older guys and the younger guys. The, the league is in great, great shape when it comes to these upper teams and their quarterbacks. And yeah, the Vikings are in that situation where they swung uh, for a guy, and it's not just his fault, but with his contract and 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 them, it costing them the ability to pay some of their defensive players after 2019. Um, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins played a role in Spielman getting fired and Zimmer getting fired. And he's going to play a role in what, you know, where this team goes forward. Do they have the, the they better have the GM and Rob Brzezinski better have a, have a way of, of working this. You either, I mean, I think if, if anyone who comes in is probably going to want him, but it, will they want him? It's, you know, can you, what can you trade for? What can you, how much is he going to cost? My feeling is they'll probably obviously keep him and then you know, work out a, some sort of contract. But how long do you want to tie yourself to this guy? Um, when you take on a Kirk Cousins like this, 
um, you take on all the warts as well as all the, you know, the, the arm ability. So that's going to be the, the number one question in all of this is how does this new regime, what do they do with Kirk Cousins going forward? I agree. It's just hard to imagine, you know, a, a playoffs where, you know, someone like that kind of in that middle ground, it's just, it's more the exception than the rule. Now he did make it this far, like you said, in 2019 before they you know lost in that divisional game to San Francisco. So it's not out of the question for Kirk Cousins to get that far. It's more of a question of that seems to be in the NFL more the exception than the rule. So maybe that will factor into whatever decision the, uh, the stakeholders that will be hired in the next two, three weeks have uh, have in mind. Well, that was more of a big picture question. I like the picks this week, Mark. Good stuff. Um, probably do this again next week, going into the NFC AFC title games, and then of course a couple of weeks out into the Super Bowl. But uh, everybody enjoy the uh, the weekend of games. It should be uh, four uh, four fun ones to watch. Yeah, this is this to me is the favorite is the best week of the year because you got you know the quantity and the quality. You got all you got you know four, you got the, the higher number of games. You don't have any of the not sitting there watching Jalen Hurts try to play a play a football game, <laughs> pass the ball. So uh, this is a good week. This is a great list of games. It should be a lot of fun. Sounds good, Mark. Enjoy it. We'll catch up with you next week. All right. See you. Thanks, Mike. A good weekend of games, as told by Mark Craig. I'm interested to watch all of those. Like I said with him, I would not be surprised at all if San Francisco makes Green Bay a one and done this season. Sometimes when you go through those what could be last dance, final years kind of situations, and you get into some adversity in the playoffs, things get uh, things get a little dicey, and I can see that happening in Green Bay against an opponent that uh, they can run the ball on them. So we will see. I'm not just saying that as wishful thinking for you Vikings fans out there. I really think there's a chance that San Francisco upsets Green Bay, but we will see what happens this weekend. Speaking of results on the field, Gophers women's basketball team um, has had an up-and-down season, uh, but uh, Thursday certainly qualified as a down. They got absolutely clobbered by Iowa at Williams Arena. Uh, Final score in that game, 105-49. Lindsey Whalen deadpans, obviously not a good night for us. Uh, yeah, I would say that's uh, that's that's the case. Not uh, not great for them. Not a great look. Getting doubled up in that game, they couldn't stop anything with Iowa, and it just kind of got out of hand. Iowa, a really good team, uh, five and one in the Big Ten right now. Gophers fall to two and five in the Big Ten, nine and ten overall. And I got to say that's a uh, you know as, as Kent and I, Kent Youngblood and I talked about earlier this week. You know they keep talking about wait for the future, wait for the future, this really good recruiting class coming in next year. And I think that's true. I think there is still some hope and some optimism with that group coming in. But I'm disappointed right now at where this program is in year four. And I know extenuating circumstances for a lot of what's happened the last two years, but you know what? Everybody else has had to go through a lot of those same things with COVID. Um, I think the program should be further along at this point, and it's going to, you know, it's going to have to be a pretty big turnaround pretty fast to make me feel a lot better about where they are next year. So not saying it can't be done. I think that recruiting class is certainly legit, but right now on the court, it is not pretty for Lindsey Whalen and the Gophers. Some good news for Minnesota United, Emmanuel Reynoso, their very talented 
uh, striker. Emmanuel Reynoso, their very talented playmaker, goal scorer. He's midfielder for the Loons. Back at training on Thursday for the first time since being arrested last month in Argentina. Um, this was an expected move based on what Coach Adrian Heath had said last week, but still probably good for them to see him back in training. Um, Reynoso didn't talk about it on Thursday. Heath didn't talk about it either, but you know, a good sign for them as this season kind of ramps up. They're going to ramp up their training next week with a you know, with a little bit of a you know with a little bit of distance in Orlando um, to to train down there, and then the, the season starts a little over a month from now, February twenty sixth in Philadelphia, having Reynoso back, if that is the case, um, is certainly going to help them as they try to take another step forward in 2022. Let's finish with the cooler. Twins announced their Hall of Fame inductees. This is the team Hall of Fame, not the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Three worthy uh, three worthy inductees, Cesar Tovar, former manager Ron Gardenhire, and Dan Gladden. Some symmetry a little bit with Tovar and Gladden, probably similar players, got on base a lot, maybe didn't hit for a ton of power, and of course, Gardenhire, um, the architect, the manager of six division title winners in a nine-year span between 2002 and 2010. Obviously, his tenure didn't quite work out at the end, but certainly a successful run in the 2000s, so congrats to all of those people. Read Patrick Royce's excellent Cesar Tovar column in Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. That was just a couple of days ago. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who gets into this Hall of Fame. You know, as you keep inducting more and more people, you're kind of run out of people to put in. But I'm sure you also get more people retiring, so there will be more and more additions to this as the year goes on. That will do it for me here today. I'm sure there'll be plenty of going on over the weekend. Patrick Royce, you should be back with me again on Monday's show. Plenty of other good stuff coming up next week. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you again on Monday.